Well, howdy y'all. Welcome back to my back porch, which is actually my kitchen. Here on episode number 37 of Once Upon a Time in Texas. I am your host, Michael Mitchell. Y'all, I gotta tell you what, man. The weather is so fine right now, at least in my neck of the woods up here in Wichita Falls, Texas. Um, You know, it was a few weeks, maybe a month ago, that we had what I like to call false fall. Because we had about three or four days there where the temperature just really dropped. Uh, It rained a little bit. Everybody was so happy. They were like, oh, thank you, Lord, baby Jesus, for a little break in the heat. And everybody went, oh, fall is finally here. And I was like, "Mm." and then, of course, you know, Mother Nature was like, hold my beer. And then pretty much came back and crushed us with like 100 degree days the following week. And we went for another couple of weeks with no rain. And it was like, uh. But guys, I believe we have turned the page. We are uh, currently 80s during the day, 40s, 50s, 60s, overnight sometimes. It's just, man, it's just a real nice change of pace, you know? We, uh, we've made it through hell this summer, and now it's kind of nice. So, you know, they say you got to go through hell to get to the nice stuff, so I guess we're in the nice stuff. oh so my random my random notes for the week that's it all right so let me post a question here is it good to laugh at the dead Mm. y'all think about it for just a moment and i'm sure that most of you are thinking mike no that's that's just rude it's downright respectful or disrespectful, (laughs) oops, goof that up, it's just downright disrespectful, no, you don't laugh at the dead, and normally, I would say, you're right, you know, fair enough, but I do have a little different sense of humor, and uh, I am the one that runs this podcast, (laughs) and so, uh, what if I threw out that the dead that we're talking about today had been honored with a Darwin Award. Hmm. But Darwin Awards, you say? Yes, that's correct. These awards honor Charles Darwin, the, the namesake of these awards, and he is, of course, as you know, the father of evolution. So the Darwin Awards commemorate those unfortunate souls who improve our global gene pool by respectfully removing themselves from it in the most spectacular and sometimes unfortunate ways possible. (laughs) I've been a big fan of the uh, Darwin Awards for a while, and I've known some people that should have been on the list, however, they didn't die from whatever they were doing, so they don't earn that. But before we do a deep dive into some of these amazing people who provide many stories for us to tell for years around campfires and family gatherings and such, I, of course, want to thank our sponsors, me and American Mortgage Company. I know there are lots of people moving to 
and in Texas, and of course now I can do loans in Oklahoma, but this podcast is about Texas. And I know a lot of you guys know these people too, so let me help them out. I've told you all before, I'm an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. I actually hit my goal in the last month. I've closed three loans. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? That is three happy individuals or couples that uh, may not have been able to get a house otherwise. So super thrilled to be working with them. Uh, One was a friend of mine. Um, She and her fiance are wanting to buy a house together. She recently found out she was pregnant and they had looked and looked and looked, finally came across the house. They're like, Mike, we need your help, man. And so we made it happen, made it happen. And they are loving it. Uh, Another one, friends of mine from my childhood that live in the neighborhood here. Um, And my childhood from many, many miles away, but uh, knew them when I was very, very little. And uh, anyway, for 23 years now, they've, they've wanted to actually buy a house and they, they had bought, I mean, they lived in a trailer home, um, which it's fine, not dissing trailer homes, but, um, you know, they had done an owner finance kind of deal. And so they had that house, but they wanted a brick home. That was her dream. That was his dream. And they just, for various reasons, they hadn't been able to make it happen. A couple of years ago, they had worked with a lender Um, that said, oh yeah, you're approved, go shopping. And then for some reason, about two weeks in, that lender just yanked the rug out from under him and said, nope, sorry, can't do it. Um, And interestingly enough, I'm working with another guy right now that uh, a large box chain bank did the same thing. Two weeks in, he's approved. He finally settles on a house. They said, no problem. Two weeks into it, and literally a day after, he can back out due to financing. They let him know, oops, sorry, we're not going to be able to do this. And so he came to me and we're making it happen. And he's actually going to close uh, this Friday. So pretty pumped about that. So if you know people moving to or in Texas or Oklahoma, send them on over my way. Send them to the michaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. Remember when you work with me, I sell dreams, not mortgages. All right. So Texas is known for its amazing uh, college system. And of course, most of those college systems go, um, you know, lots of football, sports, all that kind of stuff. Some of the smartest people on the planet live right here in Texas. We have highly intelligent people running multi-billion dollar companies based right here in the great state. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, not everyone is playing with a full six-pack of beer, if you catch my drift. I mean, some people just don't have a full deck of cards to play with. In other words, if brains were gasoline, some people wouldn't have enough to drive an ant's go-kart halfway around a Cheerio. Since that is all of the analogies that I can just pull up with right now, um, let's just jump into the stories of five Texans that have left our gene pool in some pretty spectacular fashions. Are y'all ready for this? Hang on to your seats. All right. Number one, 
And most of these, keep in mind, these Darwin, Darwin Awards uh, usually are pretty stupid actions or uh, something like that. Um, but this happened in 1994. It's titled Sizzling Scaffolding. At the Amarillo Fairgrounds, there were some buildings that were in need of a, a new paint job. So some local contractors were hired to do the job. And then between the buildings, there was an angled culvert designed to drain rainwater away from the buildings. And because of the slope, the uh, wheeled scaffolding tended to kind of roll downhill, as you would think it would. So the painters removed the wheels on the scaffolding, which is a good idea. And they were in the process of moving the scaffolding when the metal structure hit a electrical transformer. And unfortunately, all of the painters were killed. Now, they're not the Darwin Award winners. So the story makes headlines. And the town is just abuzz with talk of the tragedy, which it was. It was an unfortunate mistake on someone's part. You know, not paying attention to that. And uh, anyway, you know, they talked about the tragedy, how it had come to pass, and whether the city was actually liable for the damages. And then the city officials decided that they needed to conduct an investigation. Rightly so. So, with much fanfare, they arrived at the scene of the accident, prepared to personally recreate the circumstances. Two officials grabbed the scaffolding in the exact same location as the two painters and began to move the scaffolding and were then promptly electrocuted because they too touched the transformer that killed the painters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just can't make this up. I guess somebody forgot to call the electric company. Ugh. Wow. So, yeah, apparently the two uh, city guys win the Darwin Awards. The next one comes uh, May 21st, 2004. And it is titled The Enema Within. That's right. I said enema. And they give the guy's name. He is no relation to me. So Michael was an alcoholic. And not an ordinary alcoholic, but an alcoholic who liked to take his liquor, well, uh, rectally, I guess. His wife said he was addicted to enemas and often used alcohol in this manner. And the result was the same type of inebriation. So the machine shop owner couldn't imbibe in alcohol by mouth due to a painful throat ailment, which it doesn't go into any, um, you know, any more details other than that. So he elected to receive his favorite beverages via enema through the old poop chute. So on one particular night, Michael was in for one hell of a party. He uh, had two 1.5 liter bottles of sherry, which is more than a hundred fluid ounces. And he sends it right up old main street. <laughs> so, you know, <coughs> when the rest of us have had enough, we either stop drinking or we pass out. Right. So when Michael had had enough and subsequently passed out, 
you know, obviously for the rest of us, that's when you stop drinking because you can't anymore. Well, the problem with this guy is the alcohol was still in his rectal cavity and continued to be absorbed into his body. And the next morning, Michael was indeed dead. The 58-year-old did a pretty good job of embalming himself. And according to toxicology reports, his blood alcohol level was 0.47%, which is pretty danged impressive. So, in order to qualify for a Darwin Award, a person must remove himself from the gene pool via an astounding misapplication of judgment. So, three liters of sherry up the rear end can only be described as astounding. And unsurprisingly, his neighbor said they were surprised to learn of the incident. Oh, it's all, he was such a nice guy. And it's usually some lady in curlers. Uh, that's terrible. I mean, what kind of alcoholic do you have to be to go, you know what? I could shove this tube up my butt and get drunk. Um, if anybody is thinking about that, um, let's not. But I think what cracked me up is some of the reader comments are just hilarious. Gives a new meaning to drunk off my butt. Takes uh, shit-faced to a whole new level. <laughs> he earned the award, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> this puts a new light on the old saying, up yours, mate. Somebody else put, what a bummer. <laughs> Wrecked him? Hell no, it killed him. <laughs> In the end, no drinks for me, thanks. <laughs> a drop never touched his lips. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> um, somebody said they should name this death coitus alcoholis. <laughs> somebody else put bottoms up. Uh, never again will I look at a table full of liquor at a party and think, damn, that's an ass load of booze. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a sick bunch of people out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, and I can think of a few more, but I'm not going to share them. All right, <laughs> so let's go to a more recent one. December 8th, 2021, Houston, Texas. It's called Pretty Fly. For a dead guy, a West Houston student pilot named Solomon was allowed to solo in a Cessna 172 a few weeks before the incident that we describe here in just a moment. After the solo flight, this exhilarated 23-year-old decided to buy a different plane type, one that he had no training on, specifically a Piper PA-28-140. For those of y'all that aren't pilots, here are some student flyer license restrictions. These are things that you can't do yet. So a student may not fly solo with a passenger in the aircraft. That is actually written on the license. A student may not fly at night without specific endorsements by the instructor. A student pilot must fly under visual flight rules, meaning only during daylight hours 
and keeping a certain distance from clouds. A student pilot may not fly on a hazy or foggy day. There must be at least three miles of visibility. And some instructors place a more stringent requirement of six plus miles visibility on student licenses. And a student may only fly solo with an instructor's endorsement for that specific make and model of the aircraft. So his West Houston flight instructor tells the 23-year-old, do not fly that new aircraft until you are giving some training. But that did not deter our Darwin Award winner Solomon from taking his new toy out for an exercise on a wintry night. He had to fly a plane he had not been trained in. He had to fly at night, and he had to fly with an overcast ceiling of 900 feet. So that's basically three strikes against this guy. So the flight begins at 7.30 p.m. and lasted about four minutes. The private plane's transponder was not functioning yet, so the West Houston airport was not even aware that the plane was missing until a friend looking for Solomon, wandered into the airport the next day. The wreckage of the Piper plane was identified deep in a heavily wooded area, and unfortunately, there was a fourth strike against our poor Solomon. Two more bodies were found in the wreck. That's right. The foolish young man earns a Darwin Award for breaking four rules of flight, and then... A foolish young friend earns an honorable mention for choosing to participate in the others earning the Darwin Award. <sighs> That's sad, but I've got several friends that are pilots, and I'll tell you, they, they are pretty strict people. So this is very unfortunate. Not only did this guy go down, but he talked a friend into going with him. Who knows, though? Maybe it was the friend that talked him into taking him up. By God, nobody should tell you what to do. All right. Let's jump over next door. May 24th, 2019 in good old Louisiana. The title of this one is called Two Texans Die Trying. So like the ill-fated Madame Curie, may their experiment be a warning to you all. South of Lake Charles lies the Black Bayou Drawbridge, which was closed to cars and open to boats. So I guess my understanding is if it's closed to cars, that means it's up and open to boats means it's up and boats can go through. Evidently, this was uh, an irresistible Friday night challenge that two Texas men, uh, one 32 and then the other one aged 23, decide to challenge so they are cruising around in a chevy cruise which stopped at the black bayou bridge and one of the texas men emerges and pushes up the safety gate for the drawbridge his second mistake was to jump back in as the driver accelerated rapidly up the open drawbridge ramp thinking, you know what, boys, let's shoot the gap. 
<laughs> oh, man. You cannot live long if the road's IQ is higher than your own. In this IQ test, our double Darwin Award winners failed. Indeed, they set a new low because these Texas men, unlike the Blues Brothers, lacked cop tires and a cop engine and a cop suspension and a mission from God. <laughs> but it gets a little better. A witness, of course, there is a witness, observed a passenger emerge and push up the arm of the safety gate then get back in while the driver backed up a bit and accelerated hard over the drawbridge edge. Over the bridge and through the waves, our double Darwin winners paved new ground and demonstrated a new dead end leading off the path of evolution. <laughs> Golly. You just gotta, you gotta wonder what they were thinking, man. This seems like a great idea. I don't know. All right, let's go to June 5th, 2000. Um, this one is a short one. It says, come on in. The water's fine. A 26-year-old man in Parker County drowned when he was swept away by high water as he walked across a spillway trying to convince his wife it was safe to drive across. <sighs> Had he not heard the turnaround, don't drown? I mean, instead, this guy just convinced her that he was all washed up. I've done some stupid things and my wife has tried to talk me out of it. But uh, yeah, driving across uh, a flooded area is not one of them that she's had to talk me out of. Uh, turn around, don't drown, people. Turn around, don't drown. And especially, don't walk across it to prove to your wife that you can make it, because you might just end up drowning. That's sad. All right, another one. February 28th, 2000. And this is called Gun Safety Training. A Houston man earned a succinct lesson in gun safety when he played Russian roulette with a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol. The man named Rashad, 19 year old, was visiting friends when he announced his intention to play the deadly game of Russian roulette. He apparently did not realize that a semi-automatic pistol, unlike a revolver, automatically inserts a cartridge into the firing chamber when the gun is cocked. His chance of winning a round of Russian roulette was zero, as he quickly discovered. Guys, this is why gun safety is so important. There's no reason a 19-year-old person should not know that a semi-auto is always loaded unless you have taken all of the bullets out of it. <sighs> One other observation. Um, these were all men on the Darwin Awards. I don't think you see a whole lot of women. Maybe I should write a grant and go to work at a university to study that. I don't know. I don't think that it's women are smarter than men necessarily, but I think they're definitely more cautious. But 
I suspect a lot of times um, it's women going, yeah, I think you can do that. Because, <laughs> you know, behind every great man is a woman going, either you're an idiot or going, sure, why not? <laughs> Just go ahead. And sometimes that woman is the same person like my wife. You're an idiot. And I think you should try that. Go for it. <laughs> because she supports me in most of my decisions, good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, that's actually five stories of Texans. Although it's a few more Texans than five that have exited our gene pool in flamboyant flat and flat. I can't even talk flamboyant fashion. So what do y'all think? Um, what other weird stuff or off the wall stuff have you heard about Texas or do you want to hear about? Um, Funny side note, one of the guys that gives me lots of material, Michael Kurtz, actually texted me like six times while I'm making this podcast, and he's like, you're welcome. So thank you, Michael. Give me some future podcast um, material. But what else do you guys think? I've had a few other people uh, pitch some stuff in, and yes, I'm going to get to those. I promise you. But I always need material. I love sharing stuff with y'all, and I want to thank our sponsors again, of course, me and American Mortgage Company. Keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas or Oklahoma, since they're just our north, and I'm licensed there now, send them my way. Send them on over to themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com, and remember, we sell dreams, not mortgages. I love people making, I love making people laugh and smile and help people, you know, get into homes of their own. Uh, before we exit out here, of course, I just want to mention a couple of other initiatives that I'm working on. Um, <clears throat> head on over to the Facebook group called Your Bucket List. Um, I'm going to be firing that up hopefully pretty soon it may not be till the first of the year i'm not sure but uh basically the idea is with that one is trying to make connections not money uh, or not costing money but just help people make connections to others that can maybe help them mark something off their bucket list um, but it's y-o-u-r bucket list uh, there's a picture it's got like a leather type map and uh, a compass on it so go check it out sign up on it it doesn't cost anything i'm not looking to make anything off this i'm not looking to make a business out of this honestly i'm just i'm just looking to make the world a better place through connections and i think that's a pretty honorable and noble thing um, once upon a time facebook page and group get on there participate talk about some of these you know dumb things i'm talking about on here Please get on there, share some stuff, um, you know, keep it real, keep it Texas, um, you know. So, and the big thing I want everybody to know is I cover the cost of this podcast um, personally, but, uh, you know, I am putting it out there. It, it is a little bit of advertising. And so, you know, seriously, when I say share this stuff with your friends, um, put my podcast out there, please do. This does take some time. It takes a little bit of money. Um but the big thing is, of course, if you know somebody looking to purchase a home, send them my way. If you are here locally in Wichita Falls 
if you want to get involved and help out, I am an assistant scoutmaster with Scouts BSA Troop 1 and a female Boy Scout troop, Scouts BSA Troop 2. <clears throat> My wife is doing robotics. We are uh, mostly her, but her and a, a group are putting together. They've restarted the Red River Regional Science and Engineering Fair, which is great. Um I'm involved with Backdoor Theater, Wild Bird Rescue. You know, if you're here locally, well, and I'm even involved in Rotary Club. If you're here locally and you want to get involved in something, man, let me know. Check it out at themichaelmitchell.com. You can find my contact information there. Um, would love to would love to have you guys involved. So give me a holler. Thank you all again for tuning in to Once Upon a Time in Texas. As always, remember the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.